you're listening to Gen X Gamers Podcast. Hey y'all, this is Kid Akorius with Gen X Gamers Podcast. Welcome to the show. It is episode two, board games. Not at all. Bored? Never. I am excited to be here. We have a great show prepared for you today. Last week we kicked off season two. Chris and Brandon joined me and we shared our top 10 list, which was a lot of fun. But now we're just jumping into some new stuff. We are going to be embarking into the world of board games. What? I will convince you why board games saves lives. I will also tell you where to start if you are not a board game player. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stick around, enjoy the show, and I hope to hear from you telling me how great it was. Also... Just a few side notes before we jump into things. Don't forget that whatever podcast platform you use, try to subscribe if the functionality is there, as well as we love when you leave us reviews and give us comments. And of course, you can always email us at the show at genxgamers27 at gmail.com. Why 27? Well, that's a magic number. That's all I got to say. Anyway... Uh, Some other things, don't forget that at our website, genxgamers.us, you can actually find all our links to our social networking platforms, as well as if you go to the video section, you can see live streaming of Nightshade and myself, Kitakorius, playing Apex or Call of Duty or whatever it is we're doing. Um, I was showing some highlights of Maneater last week. Uh, So that can be a lot of fun if you're super bored. And if you follow us on Twitter, then anytime we do go live streaming, um, you will be able to be notified that we're about to live stream. As well as if you follow us on Mixer, which is where the link will take you, you can also get an update saying, hey, they're on live right now and you can get on and interact with us. It'll be awesome. Also, please email us your top 10 lists of video games of all time. We would love to put them up in the community section of the website. And uh, we're just having a lot of fun. So I hope you're participating. Um, And if your participation is simply just listening, that's good too. Okay, well, it is time to kick off this week's gaming news in a minute. So without further ado, here we go. Let's start off with a bit of news that brought such excitement to my soul that it was hard to contain. The Gen Xer inside me truly did trumpet when news stories surfaced that Boba Fett, the Sarlacc lunch meat, had somehow managed to escape his acidic end and will in fact surface in the second season of The Mandalorian. Little did Lucas realize when he created that character that it was going to develop into a cult classic. And when he said, oh yeah, let's just have Fett end up in the Sarlacc pit because someone accidentally hit the ignition switch on his jetpack. Maybe not the best screenwriting in the world for such an important character, but he probably didn't realize he was going to be awesome. Anyway, this is going to be 
just the beginning because after he makes his appearance in the second season of the Mandalorian I predict the dominoes will fall and ultimately not only will there be movies of Boba Fett we will be playing Boba Fett in a Star Wars video game spin-off where the opening sequence is him escaping the Sarlacc pit traipsing through the remains of Jabba's moving palace and then the universe will be open to him Oh, I just peed a little with excitement. Speaking of peeing, with the latest update to The Sims 4, reports have come pouring in that Sims are now peeing fire. That's right. When the meter fills up, the bots stroll on over to the, to the toilet bowl and they start to take care of their biz, only to cause the toilet to catch fire. That's an interesting update, guys. Dang, last time I was peeing fire, I ended up at the doctor's office for the worst medical exam of my life and a whole lot of questions. Regardless, get those Sims on meds because no one likes a burning sensation anywhere but in their corazón. Okay, I'm not done with Boba Fett. I'm so happy. And if you truly are a fan, let me tell you, Xbox has just released the new Xbox One X Cyberpunk bundle that of course comes with the game, downloadable content, and an Xbox dolled up to look like your favorite cyberpunk collage of creativity. But I just gotta say this after looking at pictures. It actually looks like Boba Fett was painted across it. Maybe Boba Fett truly is a cyberpunk icon. Either way, it's pretty awesome, and if for some crazy reason anyone is gearing up to buy a new Xbox One X, it would be my go-to purchase. Last but not least, I'm going to take us across the spectrums of emotions as we move from the joy and elation of Boba Fett to the pain and sorrow of news that will only let us down. Zelda fans, take a deep breath. Last year, when Breath of the Wild 2 was announced, we of course... Rejoiced like pythons, but with the onset of COVID-19 and the cancellations of conventions and gaming announcements being delayed across the board, oh, we've all been wondering what became of our beloved project. But with E3 2020 being canceled, we were hoping to find out more at Nintendo Direct coming out this month. But now that has also been blipped. So we are left waiting, waiting what will become of our beloved Zelda and Link. <sighs> Time will tell. And that is your gaming news in a minute. Okay, guys, thanks for tuning in today. I am excited for the show. I am going to be sharing with you some awesome stuff on board games. I'm going to share the game of the week that you should be buying and playing and paying attention to. And it's just going to be an all-around great time. So stick with me, and I'll see you right after the break. Guys, it is time to launch into the world of board games. I am so excited. Here we go. Where do I begin? Board games I love. And I think the reason I'm excited to talk about board games is because obviously this podcast started off going into the world of video games and how much it means to me. And we've talked a lot about that over the last nine episodes. However, when it comes to board games... I feel not only can I sit down and have a conversation about it, but I really know what I'm talking about with board games. I have spent endless amount of time and money in board games. I'm addicted to it. What can I say? It is my thing. I, if you add every single uh, addition or expansion pack 
or anything like that in uh, as one of the numbers, I can easily say that I have over a thousand board games, right? Or, or components or expansions to it. It is uh, ridiculous how much money I've spent on it. I keep one of the local stores here in, uh, in business for sure. In fact, lots of times I will walk into the store and they will have a copy of a game reserved for me that came to the store and I didn't even sign up for it or ask for it, right? They just know that I'm probably going to buy it and that I'll be ticked off if they've already sold out of it. So they take care of me that way. Thank you. And uh, it's nice. So with that in mind, let's jump into the world of board games and let me tell you why board games saves lives as well as my journey with how with board games and where you can begin with board games if you're not already a board game fanatic. And if you are a board game fanatic, you'll probably just enjoy the conversation. Sound good? Board games, where did they begin anyway? Of course, if you ask anybody, you know, name a, name a famous board game, they're probably going to drop Monopoly or Clue or something like that. When do you believe the first board game ever released? A hundred years ago? 200 years ago? Think in your mind. What is it? Probably maybe in, in, in England when all of those lords and ladies were standing about and there were big courtyards and they were having giant chess matches and people, they would tell them to go move from space to space. Nah, that's not it. Actually, the first, the evidence of first board games come from ancient Egypt. Way, 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 like 3000 BC. And the game was called Senate. And uh, I'm not sure the exact year that uh, they, they say it was, you know, it, it came about or when it was discovered. But obviously in, in some of the tombs, they found evidence of the first two board games. The first one was Senate and the second one was called Hounds and Jackals. And they actually got uh, a full set of this game, Hounds and Jackals, that they have discovered was a board game. Um, another, probably the earliest board game that you may have heard of or be familiar with uh, came about in Mesopotamia 5,000 years ago. And ironically, my sister gave me this game for Christmas last December, and that is Backgammon. So for anybody who's played Backgammon, you are actually playing one of the first board games ever created. Uh, it makes Monopoly look like it's, you know, on the new shelf. So uh, there you go. You have a bit of history in your hands. So when I talk about board games and I say board game saves lives, what could I possibly be talking about when I say that? Well, I say board game saves lives for the following reason. If you think about our world, which it's become even more evident with the onset of COVID-19, but if you think about our world and how disconnected we all are from, from each other, it is incredible to see the, the revolution that's taken place with regards to relationships and how we interact either in an electronic basis or a person-to-person -person, person basis. Obviously, everything is different and we are completely disconnected from each other. Loneliness, you know, I, I think I've spoken of this before. We have so many people in the world, if you think and take the number of people in the world, and yet loneliness is more rampant out there than ever before. People suffer from depression and feelings of loneliness like never before. And it has a lot to do with that. It has a lot to do with um, the fact that our relationships have changed and we do so much online. 
through an app. There's such a decrease in personal interaction all the way from buying things and purchasing groceries to dating to um, interacting with friends. You know, there was, a, there was a book that came out. Well, it was by Gene Twing or Twinge. Sorry, Gene. T-W-E-N-G-E. But the name of the book is iGen. Why today's super connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood and what that means for the rest of us. It's a fascinating read. No matter what line of work you're in or what you're doing, I think you would find it a really interesting uh, uh, bit of information to take in. I had actually come across the book as an education leader and I felt it was important to understand the generation of students that I was working with. But it really goes in depth into the kids nowadays and what the effect of things like the iPhone and the electronics have had on them. And I'm not just talking about being plugged in. I'm talking more about their attitudes and philosophies towards life and towards relationships and towards all of those things. It, they have it, uh, electronics and iPhones and this electronic generation, you know, all of these things have had an incredible amount of influence on their lives in ways that we don't even understand. And the bottom line though is, is that their perception of relationships and how we interact with one another is very different than everything that we grew up with. And so not only are they plugged in all the time, but even more important is the fact that they are so disconnected from the ability to interact with one another and what interactions look like or should look like. And even if we get out of the word should, word should, maybe I'm even trying to speak in terms of what it could look like. And that's, that's just, it's really sad to see um, how things change sometimes um, for the worse. I mean, it's really cool. Electronics are cool and what we can do now is, is awesome. But at the same time, Ignoring the side effects of that is detrimental to our health and our emotional well-being. It's important for us to develop relationships in a real setting and to interact with each other in a real way. And I think that's been something that we've been dealing with for a long time now. But with electronics, it was just elevated to an incredible level in a short amount of time. It was interesting. I was on the Disney channel, Disney Plus watching, and I saw this old Donald Duck cartoon and I couldn't help but hit play, you know, take me to my youth. And I watched this old cartoon from, you know, probably 50 years ago of Donald Duck. And he's on vacation with his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And they are driving somewhere in Florida. And the scene starts out that they're in this car and Donald Duck's in the driver's seat. And the three boys are in the back seat and all of them have comic books. And Donald Duck starts, you know, uh, berating them and lecturing them because their heads are in these comic books and everything that he said is they won't even listen to. And he's like, oh, look at that awesome thing. And they won't look up, right? They're just like, yeah, it's great, Uncle Donald. And they're completely not paying attention to him. And in fact, he comes up to the like uh, Ponce de Leon's fountain of youth that he found. And the kids won't even get out of the car. So he decides to throw, 
play this big prank on them and and make them believe that the fountain fountain of youth have turned him into a baby duck and eventually into an egg. So that's the premise of the cartoon. But the bottom line is, is that it was playing off this idea 50 years ago that the youth were already getting sucked into things and making them not aware of their surroundings and the world around them and taking um, joy in the moment of being on this vacation with their uncle and trying to develop this relationship with him, right? Instead, the comic book was more important. Now, we're fighting the same fight, but with the electronics. But they were still having that, like, uh, undertone of, of messaging 50 years ago in this Donald Duck cartoon. So it's interesting that we are so disconnected. Well, that's where I think board games can do amazing things for us. Because unlike video games or other things of that nature, board games are something that we do in real time, in real life with one another. And we have to communicate with each other person to person. And there's something very, very powerful about that. And it can also give us the connections that we need to help motivate us to get us through our day right? If you know that you're going to be playing board games with friends or with family and have that interaction with each other, that type of relationship that is created can be very, very powerful. Heck, think back to your high school relationships. I have a lot of friends in high school. Most of them I have nothing to do with anymore. I do not interact with them except for liking some page on Facebook once in a while. However, the relationship that I have with my gaming friends that we would game with in in real time, person to person, tabletop gaming, those are the people that I interact with on a weekly basis. I think there's something to that. I really do believe that board games create um, relationships and memories that are strong. Something also very interesting about my family. I mean, I have siblings that are in their 40s and 50s. Most families that I interact with they do not see each other except for a few times a year. They'll, of course, probably talk to each other on the phone because it's so easy nowadays. But my family, we get together all the time to play board games. And we're talking about 40 and 50-year-old siblings. How many people out there would love to have that type of relationship and connection with their siblings? I think that that just doesn't happen very often. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that my family has been so built on games and spending time with each other around the idea of games. It's, it's had some great side benefits. And I strongly encourage it for all families out there to jump into and, and to embark in the world of gaming and especially board games. And you know what? Another great thing about board games, even from an educational standpoint, and all of those people that are trying to figure out how to teach their kids at home and, and <laughs> well, let me tell you, board games teach an amazing amount of skills. Not only does it just teach basic reading and math skills, but it also teaches problem solving and working together and com competition and quite frankly, capitalism. So, so kids can take and learn a lot from board games. I know you're already 
completely in agreement with me. You're like, wow, all of this is amazing. My life has changed. Well, whether or not your life has changed, I hope that you realize that board games, they save lives because it helps those people out there who maybe don't have the connections they need to help them pull through their challenges. Board games can do that for you. So it's time to jump into the world of board games. Let me tell you a little bit about my journey with board games before I tell you where to begin. My journey with board games began because as a kid, I have always loved Loved games. I had a family that I grew up playing card games with, poker, Shanghai, board games with like Clue and others. I myself, my personal favorite board game as a little kid was Stratego. I loved playing Stratego with my friends and with an older brother. And my older brother was like 11 years older than me. And of course, I could never beat him. But eventually, when he came home to visit one time from Chicago... I remember beating him in a game of Stratego for the first time and I was so excited and he was visibly pissed off and the enjoyment I got in that moment, I'm sure he's forgotten about it and doesn't even know about it, but I personally, that was a big deal to me. I love Stratego. That was my go-to game. Um, you know, actually my love for role-playing began with Heroes Quest, which is this old board game and if you want a full copy of Heroes Quest, it is going to cost you $400 on eBay, but uh, that game changed my life. Acquire was another game that my family just loved. This simple board game that is a classic that if anybody knows what I'm talking about, Acquire is one of the classic board games of the 20th century. Anyway, um, so board games is something I always was surrounded with. And then after I became an adult and I went through college and I came back to board gaming, you kind of go off in different directions. But when I came back to board gaming, my family kind of entered a new era of board games. And it began with Settlers of Catan and Killer Bunnies. Now, this was a good number of years ago. I mean, I'm talking, you know, gosh, maybe 16, 17, 18 years ago that we jumped into this world of Settlers of Catan and Killer Bunnies. But we discovered that there was a whole new world of games, right? I mean, in my head, if you would have asked about board games, I would have said the ones that I already cited. And But the, this was a whole new world that, that we had not discovered. And we found ourselves playing these two games every single week, several times a week for like six months. We just, it was just this thing where we would come together and play these games every day. And we absolutely adored it. And that opened our eyes to the world of indie games, right? Indie creators um, developing games that were just ingenious and the creativity and that the mechanics could look so different than anything you had ever imagined. So much fun, such a great time such great memories. And from there, you know, I mean, it's always been a part of what I do. I've backtracked, I've backpacked Japan seven times. I've spent a total of 24 months in Japan over the time, over the course of those seven trips. And when I go out to Japan and backpack across this nation that I love so much, uh, on a weekly basis, I would get together with people that's total strangers and I would meet up with them in these board game meetups where I would meet people from all over, over the world, other people that were in Japan. We would come and I would meet people from Europe and from uh, the Pacific and from Asia and we would play board games together and it would unite us and we would have so much fun and we were total strangers and we would come together from all over the world to play these board games in Japan. Great times, great memories, love it. You know, board games have so many genres. 
Um, I, I don't even think anybody who maybe plays board games fully realize how many different genres there are. I mean, I could list them off like the Micro Machines guy. You have abstract, area control, campaign, deck construction, roll and move, roll and write, storytelling, war games, cooperative war games, competitive war games, storytelling, social deduction, deck builders, deck construction, dexterity games, drafting day. I mean, I... There, I, I haven't even hit them all. Like They just go on and on and on. There are so many different types of games that some will appeal to you and some, other, some others you won't even like. But the point is, is that there is going to be something that grabs your attention and that you will fall in love with. Um, so give board games a chance if you don't currently do it. And if you do, you're probably listening to this and nodding your head and thinking, yeah, I love board games. I just want to play a board game with you right now, Corey. And I'm totally open to it. If you live in Utah, send me an email. Let's play a board game. I've got about 8 million that you can come take a, take your pick from, right? And so that brings me to, where do I begin? What if I am not a board gamer but I'm listening to you, Corey, I've, I, and, and, and I want to give it a go, okay? You're selling me. You're selling me on this. How do I start? What game do I start with? If I walk into a board game store, I'm like surrounded by shelves and shelves and shelves. Which one do I buy? Well, I could go through, you know, a process of helping you choose one. You have to ask the question, am I more competitive or do I want it to be cooperative, right? Do we want to have a cooperative experience where we work together or do we want to have a one winner and everybody else loses? You also have to take into consideration the number of players and do you want it to be intense on strategy or more lighthearted, right? And then the last question I'd ask you is, is there a certain theme that you like? Do you like fantasy or sci-fi or historical or abstract and silly, right? All of those things could lead to a different choice in game. So if you can answer those four questions, then I could point you in the direction of a game that you should play. Go for it. Send me an email, genxgamers27 at gmail.com. If you wanna know the perfect game for you, tell me, do you want competitive versus cooperative, the number of players, how intense in terms of strategy, do you want it lighthearted or do you want it like totally intense strategy-wise? And is there a theme you like? Fantasy, sci-fi, historical, abstract, silly. I can help you out. I'd love to do it. Give me the challenge. I will have you walking away with a game that you want to play. Now, if you're like, no, Corey, that's way too complicated. Just tell me what game I should play. I am going to tell you what game you should play. It's going to be my game of the week. And I'm going to give it to you right after this last break. Here we go. Game of the week. The board game I'm going to tell you that you should go pick up right now and play with your family or with your friends. I don't know what you're interested in. I don't know how intense you want it to be. But I know that regardless, you are going to enjoy playing this game. And that is the game of Survive. So the game of Survive is one of my family favorites. This is a game that no matter who it is in the family, all the way from my father who is in his like 90s. Okay, I'm exaggerating. He's like in his 80s. Okay, I'm still exaggerating. He's like 78 or something like that. But the bottom line is, is that my father, who's super old, or my little nephew, all the way to, I think he's in third or fourth grade, all of us could play the game of Survive, and all of us enjoy playing the game of Survive. This game actually originated 
in the early 80s, but it's had a reboot and it's called Survive Escape from Atlantis, the newest edition and the one that you should go pick up from your game store. But basically, you have these 10 dudes, little figures that are on this island that's sinking and you have to try to get them to safety on four neighboring islands. But the problem is there's sea monsters and octopus and shark and the island is sinking. And so it's, it's, it's a competition to see who can get the most survivors to the islands on the outskirts of, of the sinking Atlantis first. It's a ton of fun, a, a laugh, uh, competitive, lighthearted. There is some strategy to it, but it's, it's just a really good time. I highly encourage it. I promise you, you are going to enjoy it. So that's your game of the week. The game of the week is Survive Escape from Atlantis. Okay, guys, that is it for this week. Let me tell you, next week, I have an exciting podcast with Storm and Norman. He's going to be here. We are going to be diving into the world of Breath of the Wild. Yes, the game came out a long time ago and you always hear me talking about it, but it is so beautiful and so worth dedicating an entire podcast episode on. We are going to be jumping in and even if you're not a Zelda and Link fan, even if you've never played the game, or even if you played the game more than I have, and you're thinking, why would I even listen to this? I know everything I, there is to know. You're still going to enjoy it. I promise. Don't forget to email us your top 10 picks at genxgamers27 at gmail.com. Thank you for being here, my friends. Have a wonderful week. I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.